Hello and welcome again to Journeys in Grace. My name is Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you for joining us today as we go into the Word of God. And we're in the, uh, what I call them, one of the most celebrated seasons of Christianity and, and uh, the people of faith. It's uh, Christmas time. And I believe that this message that we've been preaching and speaking on, um, humility and love under pressure, is definitely something that we can speak of in this time. And so today we're going to talk about uh, not only the word being prophesied, but we're going to lead into uh, one of the greatest acts of humility and that of Mary, the mother of Jesus. But uh, to start out, we're going to first give you a couple ways to reach out to us first by mail at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia 30061. Or you can email us at Pastor Eric 523 at gmail.com. That's Pastor Eric 523 at gmail.com. So we're going to start out today in the book of Genesis. And one of the things I like to do, and um, I hopefully that uh, you've picked up on as we, if you've followed along with us in this studies of the last uh, two years, is that uh, we need to have the ability to connect the dots. That scripture that says that the, the word of God and God's revelation is here a little, there a little, where what that means is that God will give, he will place a statement here. There may be another one in the, in, in another following book or uh, where he connects the, uh, in the Old Testament where God uh, will hide or rather will shield or cover the, 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 the true manifestation of what he's speaking about, but he'll reveal it in the New Testament and, and, most, and that being in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. For Jesus said in Hebrews, he said, uh, the volume of the book was written of me. So the entire scripture and the basis of it, it should be pointing to. And that's what my desire is, is that my preaching, well, no matter what I'm speaking of, is speaking on our Lord and Savior and how he's always, always, always had us in his mind. And that he wants us to know that his grace, as he told uh, the most prolific writer in the New Testament, being Apostle Paul, he told him when Paul had the enemy was attacking his mind and attacking his uh, uh, his testimony and wherever he went. That was this voice. The Bible says that in over in Second Corinthians twelve nine, it says it was the messenger of Satan that came to buffet him, or to or to uh, to 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 try him, to uh, push him, to 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 push him and push him into defeat, push him into um, uh, a place to where he couldn't function, and that his testimony will not be effective. But what God wants us to be is to be effective witnesses of Jesus Christ. That's my life. Wherever you're working, whether you're uh, being a mom or a dad, whether you're doing your, um, you know, you're going about your daily chores, God wants us to be effective. And as one of my Bible, one of my favorite Bible teachers is, says, God wants us to dominate. Wherever we are, we are to be the lead. And what I mean by that is that men should be able to see our good work, as our Savior has said, and glorify God in heaven. Because we should exemplify excellence. We should exemplify uh, the goodness of God, the righteousness of God, the holiness of God, the, the prosperity of God. All of these things we should do. Now, we all know that we, none of us are perfect. So there are going to be bumps in the road. There are going to be times where we miss the mark. But that should be our goal, that we show Jesus. For we are the only Jesus that this world is going to see. 
Yes, he walked this earth. Yes, he lived and died a sinless life. But now he resides on the inside of us. And as we go into this teaching today and getting started in the book of uh, Genesis, the third chapter, even from the fall of man, as uh, as Psalms 8 and 4 says, that what is what is man that thou art mindful of him? God is always had us on his mind from the creation, even before man entered into the earth, before God breathed life into him. Revelation says that. I believe it's Revelation, Revelation 13 says that the lamb was slain from the very foundation of the world because God knew my children are going to need me. They're going to need a sacrifice. They're going to need a go between. They're going to need they're going to need someone. And that someone is was and is his son. So as we read now in the book of a book of Genesis, third chapter. We see here now in Genesis 3, and we're not going to stay here long, but I just want you to sh- begin to, again, connect these dots. Over in Genesis third chapter, uh, Moses wrote, and the Lord said, and God, the Lord God said to the serpent, and now Adam and, Adam and Eve have fell. They've uh, rejected God, and now God has begun to bring judgment, not only on the uh, serpent, but judgment also had to come to Adam and Eve for their disobedience. So in Genesis 3.14, the Lord said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this. And what the snake did was he yielded. Satan did not have the power to overpower the serpent. The serpent yielded because he wanted to be used. He, he was willing to be used as a beguiler of Adam and Eve. And so the Lord said, Because you have done this, you are cursed above all cattle, above every beast of the field. Upon your belly you shall go, and you shall, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of your life. And then he begins to speak unto the Satan, to the uh, to the devil that had uh, that had deceived Eve, Adam and Eve. He says, "I will put enmity." In other words, there's going to be a battle between you, between thee. And the woman, and between your seed and her, her seed, it shall bruise your head, and thou shall bruise his heel. And we know that a first, well, if you just read this 15th verse, it says, it shall be enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. A woman does not carry a seed. She carries an egg. The seed must be produced by the man. And as we begin to connect these dots, we will see that the word of God, which is the seed, was spoken to a virgin. And so as we talk about uh, love being under pressure, we know that as we study the scriptures, it requires boldness. It requires humility to go and speak. And when God speaks to us or gives us direction about a certain thing and we're not quite certain, man, and, you know, we don't may not have the confidence in the flesh. But I w- but if we would just listen to our very spirit that says, go ahead, God's got your back. And this is what I want to convey today as we talk through these scriptures about how that the word was prophesied and how love was, was, was under pressure. When these men spoke the words, they didn't see it. Moses didn't live to see uh, Mary get pregnant. He didn't live to see David being crowned king. But what Moses did do was he spoke, he wrote these words. He wrote these words as the Holy Spirit moved upon him. 
And as the Holy Spirit moved upon him, Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. And as he wrote them, he was being inspired. And Moses even wrote this, the verses that said that Moses was the meekest man on the earth. Now, can you imagine you tapping a pen and the Holy Spirit says, yes, Mary is the, or Jane was the most hum humble person on the entire face of the earth. Most of us wouldn't write that, but Moses did because he was humble. He had to be humble enough to hear God to write that he was the most humble person on the face of the earth. So again, as we go back to this 15th birth, we see that the scripture says that the seed of the woman would bruise the head of the snake being Satan personified. And that he, and that the, the, the that the uh, that Satan would bruise his heel. So how was the seed being bruised? Jesus was bruised on the cross. He took all of our bruises. He took all of the pain. He took all of our mental and physical and financial uh, uh, issues. He took everything that we could ever imagine on that cross. And by the grace of God. He looked beyond the cross, as the scripture says, and he saw our need. And for the joy that was set before him, he endured. That's what love will do. It will cause you to be humble. But what we have to do is humble ourselves. The love will present it to you and say, will you obey God? Moses had to be humble enough to say, you know what? If the Holy Spirit and if God is, is, is giving this to me, I'm going to write it. And he never lived to see it. So let's go on now. Um, let's go on now to uh, the second. We're going to go over to the book of Isaiah. This is Isaiah, the seventh chapter. And Isaiah 7, Isaiah, again, one of the most prolific writers in the Old Testament. For I believe Isaiah wrote uh, 66 books. And many say that those 66 books epitomize the Old and the New Testament. There were... 60, there were uh, 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 books in the New. And you add those two together, and there are 66, which are, just, uh, which are the number of the books in the Bible. So as we read this today, think again about the time that Isaiah lived in. He was where, 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 where Israel was under pressure, that she was being persecuted because of her unbelief and because of her rebellion against God. But the prophet began to speak to them about a better day. So if we read here in Isaiah 7 and 14, we begin to see how God begins to promise them. And see, these men of God had to, had to humble themselves and say, you know what? I'm going to write what I hear. And see, that's what the preacher has to do is he has, in our day, we have God on the inside of us. In their day, God moved upon these men. But as the Spirit gave them, uh, uh, gave, them gave them vision, as the Spirit gave them wisdom and knowledge, they wrote these things. So Isaiah 7, 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive, bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Butter and honey shall he eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. And as you reread this, Isaiah, in his day, had to write these things down. Don't you know he was persecuted? Most, uh, most likely he had a scribe that he, that he dictated these things to. 
And the scribes, and many times uh, they had scribes that would write down the things that they said. And I can imagine Isaiah saying within himself, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And if we, because we now, looking back, can say the word of God was conceived in Mary. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but I want you again to, see, to connect these dots that Isaiah too prophesied. See, all of the, over all of these times, over 4,000 years, God prophet had put the word, he had to find men that would speak the things that he said, that would have the boldness and the love for God and say, Lord, if you say, say it, I'm going to say what you say. And that's what he's asking us to do by grace. Scripture says we are saved by grace through faith. See, we have to humble ourselves and say, if God said it, I agree with it, and I'm going to follow what he says. Scripture says in Romans, let every man be a liar and let God be true. And when we speak the word of God and we read these things that are written, we must have the confidence that if God says this, it is so. You may not have total understanding. You may not have a full revelation. But what we do have is the, is the confidence that what God has spoken not only in the scripture, but what he's revealed to us in the spirit, he's going to bring it to pass if it goes along what's been revealed by grace through his son, Jesus. So let's go on now. We're going to go to one more chapter in the book of uh, in the book of Isaiah. We'll go to Isaiah 11. And Isaiah 11 again talks about the coming king. This is Isaiah 11, first verse. And it says, that shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom, understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And shall make him of quick understanding and the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove at the hearing of his ears. But with the righteous shall he judge the poor. And reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth. And with the breath of his, of his lips shall he slay the wicked. So now we know all these things are prophesying, of prophesying. Not only of the time when Jesus was on the earth. And he did these things. He brought forth. Uh, he didn't bring forth the judgment yet on the wicked. But yet what Jesus did do. He opened the eyes of the blind. He offered comfort to those who were weary. He left it not only. The uh, uh, through his words, he let the publican, the sinner, the, 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 the tax collector, the prostitute, they now had an open door to God. Well, the scripture says, now you shall come boldly to the throne of grace. How, how and why can we do this? Because of the prophesied seed, which here now Isaiah again describes about that seed that's going to be conceived by a woman. And he's going to come forth out of Jesse. Because it was spoken to David that out of your seed shall this king come. He said, you will not fail to have a son upon, uh, have you not failed to have a son upon the throne of, of Judah until this prophesied king comes. So as we read this, we see these again, a bold man, a man submitted and humble saying, I am going to write what the spirit has given me to speak. And as we go on now from Isaiah 3, now let's jump over to the New Testament. Now we're going to talk about what John said. 
And St. John, John who was an apostle of, uh, of Jesus, let me pick this up, St. John, uh, first verse, and we're going to read what John begins to talk about. Now, John's doing a, a look back. Jesus now has, has ascended. This has been many years after Jesus' death. But I want you, again, I'm connecting these dots because I want you to see what, uh, how that the scripture will be manifested and revealed to us if we'll just read and let God give us interpretation. Let, him, let the word be manifested to us and let the word become rich as you study it. And said, Lord, I want understanding of your word. I did, I've done it in the past. I do it now. And I'll forever be a student of the word if we want to grow. If you want it. The Bible says, uh, uh, he that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. Our righteousness doesn't come from our acts. It comes from Christ. For he is our righteousness. For we are the righteousness of God. We are the righteousness of God. How and why? How? Because Jesus is our righteousness. Not because of our righteous acts or the goods that we do, but because of the righteous Savior who lived and died for us. And because we believe on him, we too now are accounted. That's why it's, a, it's on my account. It's, 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 been, it's been credited to me. I have a credit of righteousness to my account. Because scripture says, my righteousness is as, fil is as a filthy rag. But his righteousness will ever be pure and holy. And if I trust in him, that makes me righteous in the sight of God. And why I can come boldly before the throne of grace. Because of the manifested seed that walked the earth and fulfilled every prophecy, every word that was written of him. So we go now to St. John, first chapter. It says... In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. And this word was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him, in Jesus, in that prophesied word was life and the life was the light of men. And just think about again about the time when John wrote these words. He wrote these words when the church was being uh, persecuted. He wrote these words, and not only by the Romans, but also by uh, uh, the, 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 the church or religion in his day. Now, at the birth of Christ, the law then was null, was null and void. The law was good if men could keep it, but men could not. But the prophesied seed, the prophesied son of God has now come. And because he has come, because Jesus has come, now John has the ability to look back. Just as he looked back, looked forward in Revelation, he now is looking back at Christ. And he says, in the beginning was the word. He says, all thing in verse number three was made by him. Without him was not anything that was made. Jesus created everything. How are you saying? Well, because he is God in flesh. These three makes one. That's why the scriptures call it the mystery of godliness. It's a mystery how these three, being Holy Spirit, Son of God and God himself, they're all one. Jesus says, I and my Father are one. When he talked to Philip, he said, Philip, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So now we go and continue on in, in this walk. In this same chapter, we're going to go down to um, John 1, 
We're going to go down to 14. And it says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. This is who Jesus was and this is who he is. Jesus now has a body. But prior to him being uh, 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 conceived in Mary, the word had the word was uh, manifested and put on a fleshly body. But Jesus existed before Mary. He was in the heaven. As we read earlier in the first chapter, he was in the beginning with God. So it goes on to say, the flat word was made flesh, dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory of the only begotten son. And then it says, now it's talking about John the Baptist in the 15th verse. John bare witness of him and said what? This was he of whom I spoke. He that comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. He said, even though I was, I'm six months, I'm, I'm not six months older than him, but he's eternal. I am the earthly one. He is the eternal one. And John the Baptist spoke of him and said, his shoe, I am not even worthy to unlace, unlatch. Because John had a revelation. I'm talking about John the Baptist now. He had a revelation of who Jesus was. He told them when Jesus came to be baptized, he said, behold the Lamb of God who has come to take away the sins of all. He's, going, he's here to take away all of our reproach. All, every reproach that ever stood between God and man, Jesus took it on him. And then it goes on to say in the 16th verse, and of his fullness, and of his fullness, all have all we receive and grace for grace. Then John the Revelator says, for the law was given by Moses. But what did Jesus come to do? He came to reveal grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus said in, in, in Matthew 6, 38, I believe it says that my word is spirit and it is life. Let's go on now as we before we go on to uh, get, get, uh, let's, let's go to Revelation 6 and uh, Revelation, I'm sorry, Revelation 19. And again, we just lay in this framework, we just lay in this groundwork for you to get an understanding of what we're talking about today as we talk about love under pressure and what all of these men did. And not only do we know there were, there were women that uh, are written in the pages of the, of the Bible, and that's one of the reasons why I've, I've, uh, I've illustrated and, and elevated the women that were demonstrated love under pressure. And for this final message that we're going to talk about here in, in our last and final message for 2022, I believe that it's important that we elevate women, not above men, nor should we uh, uh, demote them below. But God has made us all one, as neither male nor female in Christ Jesus. But as we go over now to Revelation, the 19th chapter, I know some people might almost choked them after I said that, but this is Revelation 19. This is Revelation 19, 10. And all of these men, this is now John the Revelator again, the same one that wrote uh, St. John. And John 1, 2, 3, now he's writing John uh, Revelation as, as, he was on the Reve as he was on the island of Patmos. John, they, the, the, the uh, Romans, the authorities of his day, 
They tried to kill him. History said they tried to burn him in oil. They tried all kinds of ways to get rid of John, but no, they couldn't do it because he had an assignment and God wasn't finished with him. So here in Revelation 19, John is given a, a, a vision and he wrote 21, I believe it was 22 chapters, I believe. And as he wrote these chapters, as he wrote this word, he received just a simple phrase I want to pull from uh, Saint, I'm so sorry, from Revelation 19:11. The angel is speaking to him. And it says, in uh, I keep saying 11, John, Saint John, uh, Revelation 19:10, John is speaking to the angel, and the angel said to him, And I fell at his feet to worship him. And the angel said to me, See, you don't don't do this. He said, I'm a fellow servant, and of thy brother, and I am thy fellow servant. In other words, he said, I worship God as well. I give glory to the King, the God of God. I worship the Savior. I up and I honor Jesus Christ, Savior of the Word. And he says, And thy brother that have the testimony of Jesus. All of these men, from Moses to if you go, we didn't go there, but if you go into the book of Psalms 22, you'll read how the, even David prophesied of Jesus and of his crucifixion. And there were more. And as we read this, it's the, the, again, the, the angel said, I am your fellow servant and of thy brother that have the testimony of Jesus. The angel said, worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And that's my whole focus as we end the first part of this Love Under Pressure. We're talking about Mary, the mother of Jesus and the setup for what she went through to get the word conceived. She had to humble herself. So we're going to end here now and we'll pick up in our next teaching. But I am so grateful that you've stayed with us this year. I appreciate everyone who's blessed us and encouraged us. We uh, just keep you in our prayers. And so as we end today, I pray, Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you most of all for your son, Jesus. We thank you for every gospel writer, every Old Testament, New Testament writer, men, Lord God, women, all who gave their lives, Lord God. Some gave their substance, some, some uh, sacrificed to the utmost so that this word could be preached. And we pray today, Lord. We pray for that spirit of humility, not for weakness, but we believe that humility is, is, is strength under, under control. And we believe, Lord, that you called us for such a time as this, as you called Mary, as you called Joseph, as you called, Lord God, us in this time. We pray for any who don't know Jesus today and they will give their life to Christ. How you say this? Just repeat this prayer. Father, I come to you now. I offer myself, Lord God. You know my life. You know my. You know the things that I have done. I repent of my sins. And I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood was shed for me. You gave your life for me. And today, because I believe on you and call upon your name, I am saved. And I believe I am now a member of the household of faith. Teach me, Lord, your way. Teach me, Lord, that which I must do. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Join us again 
for the next time on Journeys in Grace.